All right, I see lots of your uh, WhatsApp voice notes are coming through very nicely there uh, for our interview coming up a little bit later on. But also feel free uh, if you got any input to make around the the cricket. Not that that has rained out right now, but I'm talking about the impasse that's happening where there is no rain. That doesn't need rain. And I'm talking about the saga with different plots and twists and turns that are currently underway. And another independent director, Iqbal Khan, has resigned from the board of Cricket South Africa. It's been a tumultuous week for the administration of cricket. Two members resigning, and there have been increasing calls for the resignation of Cricket SA's chief executive officer, Tabang More. Now, as a chartered accountant, Khan was also head of CSA's finance committee. I went through his letter early on, his letter of resignation. Uh, he's got a whole lot of things that he's listed there, and a number of uh, governance issues come to mind, and also referring to possible credit card abuse. What are they abusing his credit card for? His departure as well, following uh, that of Professor Shelley Zinn this week, which leaves the board now with just three independent members. The latest crisis has focused attention on Mure, widely regarded as an autocratic ruler. Now, Khan also criticized the decision to delay an emergency board meeting until Saturday. Kanyiso Chwakuzia, Sunday Times and Times Live sports writer, joining me in studio. I think this was too hot for us to handle on the phone. Kanyiso, good evening and welcome to MSW. Good evening, Rob, and good evening to your listeners. I, I don't know. Where do we even start? Maybe let's start alphabetically. Look, do, do you think it's he's an autocratic leader? To put it this way, the the board Tawanguru um took up a lot of responsibilities, yeah. decision making responsibilities from the board and onto his desk. Um, the next question would be, why did the board allow a CEO to have so much power? Hmm. Does that take you back to the Gerald Machula era where there was a CEO? who had a bit too much power. Mm. And with the Nicholson recommendations, which allowed for the independence to have a say in board decisions. Now you reach a scenario where, especially over this week, because if you if you take it chronologically from this week, it started with the banning of the five journalists, that yes. Stradius, Telford, Neil and them. And things have cascaded from there. Shirley Zinn's resignation was based on one, one of the principles of Shelley's resignation mm. was that of um, her hearing about how Tabang spoke about the banning of the journalists. I actually called and actually asked her to find out. And she told me that that was one of the key reasons because that infringes on media freedom, something that is espoused in our constitution. Mm. So there was a, a constitutional infringement made by the CEO. That's one. And as a CEO... If you make a decision like that unilaterally, already it's problematic. Yeah. Um. I'm, it's maybe some maybe maybe some people may not take the media seriously, but cricket in particular now cannot afford to make enemy of the media in any way, mm. sort of form or shape. They can't. And when that came through, I then went back to some of the pieces that Stuart Hess wrote, mm. and then I realized that there's nothing wrong in criticizing a board that patently is failing in, to execute its objectives. Because if you look back at 
the 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 tasks that lay lie in front of Tabangmore at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the appointment of the director of cricket. Right. That is a critical appointment. One that, having spoken to him in various interviews for the for for the publications I work for, mm-hmm. he had timelines set out. Right. The timelines weren't met. That is objectives not met. If we don't meet our own objectives as employees, there's ramifications. Hundred percent. And the next question would be, why didn't the board then say? To him that you haven't met specific timelines why haven't you met them why now are you getting a, a, a period where board members are now resigning mm. and they are listing a number of reasons could they not have prevented this from happening and say but these timelines aren't met what are we doing to meet these timelines because the england series effectively when they start the two two the, the, the two tour games in Bologna on the 17th onwards england are literally already on the doorstep they've completed the tour of new zealand there was time between end of the India series, which was disastrous in every way, shape or form, mm-hmm. to actually make sure that the people are in place to get the admin to get the coaching ball run, not even administrative ball run, because the director of cricket is a critical position, one that is not available in South African cricket in particular. There isn't a director of cricket at franchise level. You get a few of them at school level. And you get a few, uh, 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 some experienced candidates. I mean, Dave Nosworthy comes to mind. He's done the role at at English County Somerset, and he's currently in the role at St. David's Maristinanda. So, but again, it's a, it's a position that is a, a, a very difficult one in that it's not available in the domestic setup. Where do you look for a director of cricket? And there was time, even from after the World Cup, when there were supposed to be reports and the feedback, and there were people leaving in terms of Otis Gibson and the entire coaching staff. So there's been enough time to actually make sure that every car... Uh, to, to sort to put the tax in a row. And in the period after the World Cup, that was end of July, mm. and now, which is December, the, 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 the coaching structure has been interim. That is just an on-field playing problem, mm. which was clear in the India tour. And then you've got the issue with Saka. The last, per, the, the last stakeholder you want to pick a fight with is the players' union. Mm. It is a very strong and a well-grounded players' union. There were embers of these issues when there was a delay in signing of the memorandum of understanding that was signed. Now there's Saka complaining to a point where they've taken CSA to court in regards to the restructuring of the domestic game where Saka said that we have not been consulted fully because should this restructuring take place, it is going to result in the loss of livelihoods for a number of cricketers. And then there was the non-payment of the commercial fees, which led to the suspension of three officials in Nasai Apia, the COO, Clive Vixton, the sales, head of sales and sponsorship, and um, the acting director of cricket, Kore Fansel. Mm-hmm. Now, then Saka turned back and said, but no, but these individuals have been suspended aren't the ones responsible for this. It's the COO. It's the CEO. And with the manner in which Tabang has assumed a lot of decision-making responsibility from the board to himself, the buck stops with him. But at, at what point does that slip by? Because for me, that was the main thrust to say, okay, fine, the resignations are happening now. Very noble of them to happen. But yeah, the main catalyst that sprung it all was the treatment of the journalist yes. and how everybody saw it. But then the whole catalog of issues that you've just listed now, that people are writing about, the chronology thereof of them, also then leaves me to say, but surely as a board, you knew about much more than just this that is now heightened, this that has been given a lot more airplay because it affects journalists. So where were they then when all of these powers were being assumed by one individual? 
who happens to be a CEO? It's a critical question that, and I think the Saturday's board meeting will answer a lot of those. We'll also have an opportunity after the board meeting to put forward a number of questions because, again, one of the key reasons in the restructuring of the board that took place post the Nicholson Commission of Inquiry after the IPL bonus scandal was to make sure that the board is not browbeaten into decision-making, hence the need for independence. And independence that CSF have in particular have been very strong outside of their working cricket. I mean, um, Iqbal Khan is, is a CA and he's been heading um, the, the Remco. Um, Don Mokob is a very strong HR person. I mean, Professor Shelizen is a decorated uh, HR specialist and she also, I mean, she was the one who resigned from shop from the ShopRite board as an independent lead director because of um, the, 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 the Crystal Visa issue that was outstanding there. So clearly there were strong individuals. So where now is the line drawn? I mean, there was a story that I wrote in regards with the with one of the board members, Jack Maddy, saying the Central Gauteng Lions president having a go at the president, Chris Ninzani, and the, the vice president, um, Beresford Williams, in terms of them sitting back and actually allowing... Um, Tabang to take all the claps and the punches to use the words you used in that email. But then again, the, the next question would be then, um, what did the board agree on in terms of the limitations or the stretching of the responsibilities the CEO has? Because there there was a past example of, I mean, and, and it, it, it doesn't just stretch, stretch to cricket alone. I mean, it, it's prevalent in South African society, in South African corporate society where there are CEOs who sometimes overstretch overstep the, the the limits of what they can and they can't do. Clearly, there, there would have been lessons in the past, especially with cricket prior to twenty prior, prior to twenty twelve, when the the Nicholson inquiry was at its height and broke down what was taking place at CSA at the time. Surely, the lessons could have been there and implemented now. Where if there was a meeting to discuss where the powers of the CEO start and end, they would have said, no, 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 no. They, we give you enough power to do A, B, C, and D, but with other matters, you need to understand that you report to us. But then again, also the question also remains that the the, the president and the and the vice president. At what point did they say now? Um, are you able to report back to the board and explain where we are and actually just give the ship the the necessary direction? And 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 for me, that's a crucial part. Again, can you so when you backtrack slightly, and you also include the twenty eighteen scenario around the T20 which then brings us to what exactly is going on with the with the Mzansi Super League yes and who was the person or the broadcaster that was supposed to be carrying all of this because now the all of a sudden there's criticism around having this tournament happen here at the SABC and people saying but the you know why are you going that route whereas yes. if i remember quite correctly in 2018 in august uh, when Supersport announced that they are no longer pursuing an equity share in the new T20 tournament. Uh, there were still discussions that were going to be going on with Cricket South Africa. Yes. You know, after the CEO had committed CSA to staging uh, what would be called the Mzanzi Super League in that year, confirming that Supersport will be an equity partner in the product as well, then suddenly things seem to have fallen apart. I didn't hear much of... Uh, unless you did, from a board perspective, coming through, or were they quite happy with things? Because now what, what we're trying to do is backtrack and say, yes, the journalist thing should not have happened. It is wrong, and under nobody's watch should it ever happen. Yes. But where does it all start to fall apart? And that is why I'm trying to nitpick now on a couple of those issues that I think would have highlighted board involvement versus board 
just observing. The critical matter with especially a tournament like the MSL is that when you have a separate tournament like that, it's it's always incumbent on the board or on the organization not to pay for the tournament. Mm-hmm. And clearly, Supersport would have been um, the right holder for cricket. There would have been a separate agreement for Supersport to share the large ex- uh, 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 a large chunk of the expenses. And Supersport does have the money, to be honest. So now there's a point where there's money being spent on the tournament in terms of broadcasting because at the end of the day, there's always been a big issue around SABC and the finances, whether SABC can actually afford to actually hold the tournament um, from, from a broadcasting perspective because it, it, it is not cheap. And I mean, how does cricket make money? Through broadcasting rights. And I mean, you, you were just speaking just now on the SAFA matter and how broadcasting rights structured. The PSL makes a, a large chunk of its money on 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 the broadcast on in terms of of broadcasting the broadcasting money. So again, if the board was strong enough to say that we need to make sure that we have a broadcaster that is able to actually foot the bill, because again, CSA does have cash reserves, but cash reserves don't last forever. Sure. And also with how the new Future Tours program is set up. There are not going to be as many India, Australia, and England tours, which is why now the strike, in, well, not the strike, the soccer, but the, the soccer meeting on Friday is of particular importance because the last thing you want now is for players to declare a, a, a labor dispute on the eve of a critical money spending series mm. and a series that will have significant impact on CSA's finances. Remember that CSA also work on a four-year cycle. Yeah. There's a cycle when they make money of big tours, and then when other teams come in, they don't make money. But they have contingencies to make sure that by the time they reach another England, India, or Australia cycle, they recoup all those finances, mm-hmm. therefore making their, their finances healthy. So it's... But how likely is a strike to happen? Well, um, there's been two issues now with soccer. Well, three. Now, if, if you start with the memorandum of understanding, that was one that was sorted. You've now got the the restructuring of the domestic game, which is sitting at the South Gauteng High Court, number two. Now there was the issue of the, the, the player rights images with the fantasy game in India. So that's number three. So there's been three issues that Saka have raised with CSA that CSA haven't been able to address timelessly and effectively. The first MOU was agreed to sorted, but you still got a labor matter pending in court, a, a, a prospective labor matter pending in court because the restructuring of the domestic game where the six franchises will be disbanded and then there'll be a, a return to the old union system with, with the addition of two affiliates. That means that there will be players who will be losing their jobs. So Saka have, have, have consistently said that they haven't been informed fully mm. of how that, um, that restructuring will take place. And then you've got the issue that arose this week that, Saka, that, 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 that CSA says they are now discussing with Saka. But you've got three matters that CSA and Saka have butted heads on. So sure. I think that leaves the, the, the players' union on very shaky ground in terms of how they now deal with the players' employer because mm-hmm. there's three matters in the space of a year that have taken time, one, or also haven't been adequately sorted out. Okay, so after the break, I think let's deal with uh, some of the crucial issues now as to how the CEO gets to survive if he does survive. There's a period between August and September where two major sponsors also pull out of cricket why they did that was it also a bit of a sign then that things were about to go haywire
after that. So stick around. Uh, any of your thoughts and opinions, 0605842250. Right, rain still coming down as far as uh, certain parts of the country is concerned. And we can tell you that uh, you were meant to be getting live commentary uh, coming through right here on Radio 2000. The cricket commentary team um, have told us, and we can also see the live visuals that are coming through, that there is absolutely no way uh, that the Tswane Spartans up against Jersey Stars uh, will be able uh, to happen at all at Supersport Park in St. Jurian. So uh, that's been called off uh, due to rain. Uh, we pretty much covered here. So our conversation around cricket continues. It can't be rained out at all. So that's why we're quite pleased to have Okanyi Chwaku from Sunday Times and also uh, Times Live Sports. He's a writer. He's got some great insight in terms of what is going on. I talked about August, September of 2018. Things that have been synonymous with cricket. From a sponsorship perspective, momentum and sunfall. And yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sponsors are allowed to come and go if and when they want, but these are two major sponsors and they yeah. pulled out. Um, at the time we to be honest, you wouldn't have known that things would have snowballed yeah. to what they've become now. So I wouldn't have been privy to the conversations that took place between the co- uh, between Sunfoil and uh, Momentum was it was pretty interesting to see that Sunfoil issuing a statement um, today because again they they're an interesting party because they actually came in as a sponsor as a sponsor for for Test cricket at the yeah. height of uh, the Nicholson inquiry and they actually they stuck through with CSA at the time until end of last year but. Also, I, I don't know what um, kind of conversation there was between Senator Beck, but again, the sponsorship part is, is a critical one because I think that people really only really started to take note and really um, look and understand that the matter was serious when Standard Bank summoned CSA yeah. to a meeting on Monday afternoon. Because the critical matter is that when an organization goes through public turmoil, it's not just them that suffers. It's the sponsors that are associated with them too. So the fact that Standard Bank then had to wade into this matter after the set of interviews that took place on Monday morning. Um, they would have understood that it's not just them, mm. the brand, not just cricket, CSA, who are suffering public damage. Any other brand that is associated with, with cricket yeah. is being damaged at the same time. And even by extension, the MSL is taking damage because it is run by CSA. If you've got um, administrative dysfunctionalities, it speaks volumes to the public in terms of how the game is being run. Mm. It's, it's a case of what you are, you do not know what you're doing. And with how the national team has performed, um, if you look at it, out of seven test matches, the national team has lost five. And they've lost five consecutively, dating back from the Sri Lanka series in, in, in February. Yeah, I was going to say, Sri Lanka kind of yeah. made it quite worse, didn't yes. it? Yes, and they were True the not. first Asian country to come and win a test series. Yeah. India and Pakistan have brought better teams, yeah. And they've been roundly beaten. India had a very good side here early last year. They were soundly beaten. Okay. I'm going to jump around issues simply because of time. Yeah. So when the president comes through of CSA, Chris Denzani, defends the 200 million rand loss by Cricket SA in a financial year earlier in September this year. Is that justifiable? Because anywhere else... You'd be saying a loss of 200 million rand. I mean, 
like you said earlier on, we were talking about Safa. Yes, yes, they posted a loss of 74 million rand. Yes. Yeah, 200 million rand. The intricacies, it's actually not an intricacy, but um, I explained earlier that CSA works on a four-year cycle. Correct. Where they have years, because the year before they made a 350 million rand profit. Profit, yeah. Yes. So... What then happens is that when they have lesser lights, the lesser lights, your Pakistans, your West Indies, your Sri Lankas touring, they spend more money than they bring in. But when India, Australia and um, in England come in, you'd find that next, in September next year, um, uh, they'll make, they, they, they may have, they may declare profit because remember that Australia also coming in for, the sh- for, for an ODI tour. Yeah. So the finances may be different. Or break even. Yes. G- so given it, the shortfall that is here now. It, yes. Yeah. But also it, 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 it's how the loss is constituted because there have been a number of reports that um, the, MSL, the MSL's losses total around 80 million. It's not something that I've been able to confirm. Because but I remember at the press conference to announce MSL sponsorship, um, there were, if I remember correctly, Tabang's, if not, Tabang, if not Chris, said that the MSL, the losses, MSL, the MSL losses were going to be around 40, 40 million. Mm. So now, the fact that now that they've been reported it is around 80 million is concerning because that means that if the MSL didn't take place or they were, or to, it, or it was well funded elsewhere, the losses could have been down to 130, 120 million. But then again, that is not something that I can confirm. So, but c- can you so quickly yes. again? Sorry, I, I need to fast track this because when, when I saw this earlier today from the Willerton Group, yes, you know, largely responsible for Sunfoil, yes, th- they wrote quite a worded letter, yes, but one that has points as to why it is that they demanding uh, the CEO Tabang Mora to step down from his role. Yes, I mean they give a whole lot of reasons, and for those who might not have uh, been able to read it, I mean it talks about revoking the media accreditations, top of the list, the breakdown between Cricket SA as well as uh, Saka, like you've mentioned, suspension of three senior Cricket South African employees, mishandling of the director of Cricket Issue, bringing Cricket South African to disrepute, uh, poor corporate governance, poor handling of the WPCA, also restructuring of the domestic competitions, failure to appoint a lead independent director of the board, concentration of power given to the CEO. There you have it. And then they make recommendations. And, and they're asking for the following to be immediate actions taken. The immediate resignation of the CEO of Cricket SA. Immediate resignation of the president of Cricket SA. Immediate reinstatement of the three suspended Cricket SA officials. Immediate reappointment of the two board members who have resigned. Immediate appointment of a lead independent director. Immediate independent audit and review of the con- uh, to be conducted on Cricket South Africa. A lot of immediates here. I'm immediately sounding like I need an immediate break. But, <laughs> you know, should they listen to this? Is this valid? What power do they have to call for all of these things to happen? It's interesting that they are speaking from the outside now. Yeah. Outside looking in. If they were still sponsoring, I think it would have been interesting whether they would have actually publicly come out and said this. Yeah. The points that they make are interesting ones because, I mean, it's especially the lead independent director part. Mm. Remember that, uh, Advocate Norman Orenson has his position. He assumed that position. He wasn't replaced. He also wrote a very painful and stinging open letter in regards with what is taking place yes. um, at CSA right now. So there are critical matters that they do raise. But whether if they were sponsors at the time or if they were the current sponsor, because what Standard Bank have done, they had a meeting. They haven't disclosed what took place in that meeting. But again, the points that Sunfall make are critical because now. If you look at what they're saying and you're looking at what's happening now, it's 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 quite easy to piece together the dots that 
there's a lot wrong at CSA and mm. the reason that they're stating and they'll speak from a position of, of relative authority because they were sponsored they would have been privy to a number of things that were taking place at CSA and you at the and time. I would know about yes. but sh- should Taban go? Well, it's it's a tricky one now, but again, the board needs to make a strong and reasoned decision. Do they feel that he's the right man to take them forward, yeah. based on what has taken place between now, between? Let me let me let me quickly take this break before you get rudely cut off. All right, an important conversation that we're ramping up now from uh, Sunday Times and also Times Live, a sports writer, uh, Kenyuso Chwaku, my guest tonight in studio, uh, talking all things uh, cricket South Africa uh, related. A whole lot of uh, tweets that have come through. Spiwa says, I don't feel pity uh, for any of these uh, cricket SA executives. They did nothing to transform cricket. Uh, cricket is still accessible to only former Model C schools. Uh, there are no mampimpis in the, the proteas. We need to overhaul the entire management. So those are his thoughts and his feelings. What would be best bet as a final thought? Because I I, I sense that after uh, this weekend, we might need you to come back on Tuesday uh, to give us a a feedback session. What for you needs to happen? Well, the board will have to take um, very strong decisions in terms of what they do with their leadership going forward. Also, put the mirror in front of themselves and ask themselves, how how did we allow things to cascade because um, what Jack Buddy Singh said in that letter is critical that they need to take collective responsibility while the, while the buck stops with the CEO he consults the board on decisions they are the ones who tick off or scratch off so it's not a, just about Tabang yes um, there's, there's always been issues around Tabang's suitability for the board his experience and his qualifications and I think with, especially with how a lot of the soccer matters have been handled. I think in that regard, it's been caught very short. And also, you, you, you'd love to have people who understand how the game of cricket works from a corporate perspective. I mean, it's, it's like the DOC appointment. Everyone is talking about how Graham Smith could be the savior. How? Because it's a position where you need to have a person who's played and coached and also have some sort of background, in, in, in a business background. So... Um, the outcome of, of Saturday's board meeting is going to be very critical. It's going to determine the future of what happens um, in the summer, first and foremost, because there needs to be critical appointments that need to be made. We will put forward those questions in terms of the, inter- the, the coaching structure, the selectorial structure, and also the board structure because the board members that have resigned, that being Iqbal Khan and Professor Shirley Zinn, they need to be replaced. So there's boxes that they need to tick. And also there needs to be a serious self-examination mm. in terms of their decision-making and whether if they retain Tamang Moro, will they now rein in his powers? Because the the DOC was going to report to him and he'll be the reporting back to the board. Now, who, now how will that be sorted out now with the fact that it's been shown that the decision-making at board and at CEO level has been chronically short? What have they been spending money on with this credit card that's something that i actually have to find out because when i saw that as when i was going through the letter that that resignation letter yesterday it jumped out of me that's something that iqbal khan in particular would know because Mm. he's the head of the finance finance commission so that was a very 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 tricky point that that i saw there's like well someone here needs to answer and the CF, the 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 the, 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 the CFO and the, the the CEO does come part as as the accounting officer. So mm. if there's any irregular expenditure, he will also have to be accountable for it. 
that is still something very tricky that actually does need a fair bit of digging into. Yeah. All right. Keep digging, Baba. Thank you so much. Love your work. Love your writing. Thanks for occupying the hot seat today. Thank you very much. For the first time in my presence here on MSW. <laughs> it is a debut afterwards. <laughs> Kanyusa, thank you so much indeed. Kanyusa Chwaku from uh, the Sunday Times and also uh, Times Live sports writer. You've read his stuff. You're hearing it now live right here on MSW. Wow, what a weekend that's going to be coming up. Trust me. Maybe just one quick tweet as well that uh, just popped up on my timeline uh, from Sizo Machav who says, well, until we reject this fallacy of people parachuted to positions, it must be remembered that Tamang was initially uh, deployed from the board when Harun was fired. Uh, the same happened at Safa when Dennis uh, was deployed without contesting for the role Safa and CSA are a mess.